Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. Today, we are going to help you get a date. And if you already have a date, we're going to make you really glad that you are not in the dating scene because it basically sounds awful. A lot of guys like can get the first two right. They, they're quite confident in themselves. They can approach. They can have quite engaging conversations, but they just fail to sexually escalate. So it just remains a platonic interaction. And then that slowly turns into the dreaded friend zone. I always say to guys, every single girl that you see is a five. She's a five. Even if she's hideous, she's a five. Even if she's stunning, she's a five. Because you don't know what's going to happen when she opens her mouth. Oh, my God. It's all about that. It's about having a goal and, and, and getting shit done. Getting shit done. I would say a good third of the day. You know, you, you look into the mirror and you're like, what, what is going on here? Wait, how, how did this day spiral so far out of control? Yeah, but I don't like people doing to me what I would have done to them. That's the point. You have to be a, a big dude to abduct anybody, male or female, over 140. I, I don't know why you're so angry about this. Because you're lying to me. Or you're I'm lying, lying to, to you. You're lying to yourself then because you're not getting up there like, Ooh, you know what I need? One strawberry and then I'll be perfectly ready to go back to bed. Mm, boy, that strawberry was good. So full. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. This is basically going to be our post-Valentine's Day episode. We want to help people who are out there who are single find a date. And if you're already not single, if you have someone or if you're in that weird stage where it's unclear if you're in a relationship or not, we want to help men and women understand each other more. So our first guest is one of the world's leading dating experts. She has a podcast that she just launched. She has an awesome YouTube channel, and she has literally helped millions of people find dates. So if she can't help you, it's pretty much over for you. This is Kezia Noble. So essentially, what are men doing wrong? In general, three biggest issues are approach anxiety, uh, running out of things to say, and sexual escalation. So if I'll just break that down for you. Approach anxiety is not actually just a fear of approaching. It spreads further than that. It's actually uh, feeling uncomfortable with yourself. We call it inner game. Just feeling uncomfortable with yourself, feeling awkward, nervous. Basically a lot of negative bullshit, um, limiting bullshit going on in their head. Um, the second one is running out of things to say. So that's, you know, 
keeping uh, the girls' um, focus on them for more than <laughs> 30 seconds or a minute, depending on the circumstances. But running out of things to say is basically conversation, how you market yourself, how you engage with her. I mean, I call this effectively, this is the, the marketing stage. You're marketing your most important product, which is yourself. Um, are you full of erms and ahs or coming across boring? I'm just asking a series of questions or are you being dynamic, engaging and interesting? And the third one is sexual escalation, which is, you know, once you've got the first two right, a lot of guys like can get the first two right. They, they're quite confident in themselves. They can approach, they can have quite engaging conversations, but they just fail to sexually escalate. So it just remains a platonic interaction, and then that slowly turns into the dreaded friend zone. I do hear a lot about guys talking about being stuck in the friend zone. Like, how do they get out of the friend zone if they're in it, or is it basically once you're in, you're done? No, 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 you're not done at all. I mean, obviously, it's difficult to get out, and a lot of people use a lot of, like, really, really weak strategies to get out. So an example of bad advice is just tell her how you feel. I mean, it's like the worst fucking advice. It's just so bad. Tell her how you feel. So imagine you're with your friends with a girl for like a year, right? And and she feels very safe around you and she trusts you. And then you just go, oh, I really like you. And I, I, you know, and then you give her an ultimatum, right? It sounds really macho and alpha. But really what's happening is she just feels suffocated and feels like there's a complete breakdown in trust because you've been sort of secretly um, fantasizing about her and secretly, secretly being operative word here, secretly had all these, like harboring these feelings for her. So that's all she can think of if you just vomit it out how you feel. <laughs> that, I think that's what's confusing for guys, though, is because we hear all kinds of things like, you're supposed to be aggressive. You're not supposed to be aggressive. You're supposed to tell her how you feel. You're not supposed to tell her how you feel. And I think a lot of guys are kind of confused as to what they're supposed to be doing now. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's conflicting. I, I agree. What I'm, but I, you see, what I'm specifically talking about here is the friend zone. Okay, getting out of the friend zone. There is a step-by-step -step process to get out of it. I came up with it. I've shared it for years, and it's worked for mo not all, not all. Okay, it's not a hundred percent. You know, it's not got a hundred. It's not a hundred percent foolproof. But most of them have done pretty well from it. Men do need to take more action. They do need to be the leaders in a in a in a relationship. But I'm just saying, if you have created by mistake a friend zone situation, then that bold move, that boldness of just saying to her, blurting it out, uh, look, you know, I I like you actually doesn't generate good reactions, doesn't generate good results. It's not saying don't be bold. You should have been bold at the very beginning. You see, there's a way to do it. You see, if she's, I mean, I can go through some of the steps. I won't go through all of them right now, but like the first step is to um, become less available. Okay, so this is the, the first step. Men who are in friend zones tend to be, make themselves extremely available for their female friend. They, they kind of like put her above everything else that they're doing and that's because they they're fucking crazy about her and they just want to be with her right even if it's like you know they've got these fantasies that you know she's just going to kiss him one day and and um it's just going to like turn into something if he spends enough time with her so the first thing i say to guys is like you know you're now not available as available then what happens is the girl starts appreciating the time with you more. 
Um, so that would be the first one. And then there's a few other things that I would do. Um, one is using jealousy, jealousy plot lines, you know, putting going on dates and making sure that the dates uh, are a priority over her. Because she has to remember, girls, see, girls in friend zones forget that the guy's sexual. It's sort of like, <laughs> he becomes like the Ken doll. You mean like, essentially like going on, if you're in the friend zone, you go on dates with other women, other women, and then show like, wait a minute, this is, this is actually a man, this isn't just... Exactly. Yeah, that it reminds sense. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, you think, well, of course she knows I'm a man. It's like, yes, she knows you're a man, but you're the Ken doll. You know, that you don't have any... You know, you're, you're almost like the gay best friend. But at some point, when you do actually tell her, because now you've created like a different dynamic in the interaction. So she's rediscovering things about you. It's like kind of redating you, you could say almost. And, you know, now she kind of wants you in her life a bit more and she makes more of an effort. There's a few other things that you can do where she starts wanting you to think she's sexy rather than just pretty. <laughs> um, little things that you can do. And then, then there's the point where you say, you know what, I'm, I'm starting to develop feelings for you. And um, I don't want to jeopardize our friendship. So you're actually using the anti-cell. It's very, very powerful. The key here is to say, I've started developing feelings for you. If you say, look, you know, I've had these feelings for you for a long time, but I've just decided to be a complete pussy about it and just sit on them and pretend it's not happening. It's not only creepy, but... It shows that you, you know, and I'm not saying it is creepy, but it, it looks kind of creepy. Like you've been harboring these feelings for her, but it also shows that you were too pussy to do anything about it. So this is what I mean when I hear bad advice from well-meaning friends going, just tell her. It, it sounds dynamic. It sounds powerful and strong. But really what it says is, you know, I've, I've, I haven't been able to be man enough to tell you until now. It's a, it really is reverse psychology, isn't it? That last part is, yeah. <laughs> How did you get into this? How did you kind of find that this was something that you were good at doing? Um, I've always been very good at advice. Um, straight talker, direct. Um, I find psychology, human dynamics very interesting, um, especially when it comes to attraction. And um, basically a guy um, approached me years ago and asked me to uh, – he, he liked the fact I was really direct with people and I was just kind of I didn't give a fuck if they wanted to be my friend or not I just preferred to just give you know honest feedback and advice and that he invited me to a boot camp um which was like a pickup artist boot camp helping men become better with women and I remember that that day that I did it this is back in 2006 um two things really struck me which is that there were indeed like tactics out there that could help guys because I was a skeptic at first. I thought, mm, you know, attractions there, it isn't. Um, but I was proved wrong very quickly. And the second thing I noticed is that there was no females doing this. The females that they had got for that day were like so fucking weak. Like their advice was so wishy washy. It was like, just be yourself, smile more. And I was like, guys haven't paid 450 bucks or whatever it was in those days to hear that shit. And um, when I gave my feedback, I honestly thought they were going to come at me with pitchforks. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get my coat. <laughs> but, and actually, they they were like lining up to say, can I book you for private sessions? And and so I realized, oh, you know, this this is my calling. You know, this is my vocation. Are viewing and reading these things? Are you surprised that so many people kind of are looking are looking for help, essentially? No, far from it. I, I'm surprised more people aren't looking 
activists help. Um, you know, guys are always gonna, going to want to do better with women. So basically what happened, this is quite interesting, around, hmm, it was around the time I, I, I had a baby. So that was quite interesting. It was about 2014. I realized, like, you know, we weren't getting as many much traffic to the website. And I was thinking, oh, maybe it's because I've just had a baby and I'm not putting much effort into it. But it wasn't that. You know what it was? It was that people would, guys thought that they had found a solution, which was called online dating. Because, you know, like, that became really big around then, Tinder and stuff like that, around 2014. And Instagramming girls and all this stuff. And they thought, oh, you know what? That's it. We've got, we've got the answer to our problems. We just have to scroll, click, and, you know, meet up. You know, there's no approach anxiety. She already likes us. And what they found is, like, you know, they they had to go meet these girls. They would just fuck up. And then basically they all came back to me to say, okay, what do we do on the date? Really sucks now. I think it's gone right downhill. I'm sorry if you're an advocate for it, but I don't use it, but my friends do. And um, it just sucks. I think women are now, apparently, you know what women are doing? They're getting guys to, they're just going through Tinder and just like, you know, I don't know if they're swiping left or right, whatever it is, however it works. And basically the guy's like, um, you know, hey, how are you and all that. And the girl's like, oh, um, yeah, let's, let, can you, you know, add me on, follow me on Instagram. We can take it from there. But all they're doing is just finding guys to follow their Instagram to make their Instagram accounts bigger. I'm, I've been married for about four years now and my, my wife and I met on match.com and just the way oh, that on, the way that yeah. online dating has changed since then just sounds awful. Yeah. My friend did match.com and I was like, if you're going to do anything, I'll do like, kind of like the old fashioned online dating website. I still don't like them. I'm, I'm very happy for you that you've done well. I've had a friend that also got married. I've got, sorry, I've got two friends that got married from online dating, but it wasn't from Tinder. It wasn't swiping left and right. It was from old-fashioned, you know, open your laptop <laughs> and all that. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of it. I'm glad it worked out for you, but this whole Tinder experience, this smartphone dating app is just, I think, and, and also remember, people are starting to look a lot less like their online profiles. I mean, no one ever looks exactly the same. Even like five years ago, no one looked exactly the same. But people look completely different now because of the amount of face tuning and filters that they can put on. So I think people are getting disappointed by that also. Well, I feel like it's turned it into essentially for men, it's a numbers game. Like if I swipe right or left or whichever one it's supposed to be on a hundred people, at least one of them's probably going to like me. I think that that's what they're doing. Yeah, for men, it's a numbers game in that way. But for women, I think they're just collecting likes. For their, I'm just collecting, like, Instagram followers now. I mean, this is a thing. This is a thing. I know people that do this. I mean, Instagram is the biggest fucking enemy of them all. <laughs> Telling you the source of all evil. <laughs> I know a lot of people. I work in the news business as my day job. And I know a lot of people, and I see a lot of their posts. And, like, I know you don't actually look like that. Like, it's ridiculous. Have you noticed, by the way, like, I go to this, like, my doctor, okay, so I go to a private doctor, in, um, and what they've done is they've kindly put up the pictures of all the um, doctors on the website so that you know who you're going to see that day. And I swear I didn't recognize my doctor. I was like, that is not the same woman. And then I was thinking to myself, 
fuck me. This is not a dating app. Why have you put such a filtered picture of yourself on like a medical website? It's not like a nice picture of nice lighting. It's like total face tune. <laughs> At the doctor. So when she came out, Wait. I was like, oh, you're my doctor. And she's like, no, no, I am. And then she told me her name. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Wait, but how old is she? Is she like in her twenties or thirties, where this is could be acceptable, or is she like sixty? No, no, no. She's like uh, thirty-seven or something. I don't know. You know, like the picture, she looked twenty-five, and then I'd say she's about thirty-seven. I feel like we've created this society where there the reality is just completely gone. You know what? You know what I think? I think Instagram. Um, what they call them? Instagram um, influencers. Like it's so funny because they're walking around the street. And they're thinking, why is no one recognizing me? You know, like, <laughs> because you don't know, like, your picture. So it's like, some of them have, like, a million followers on Instagram. And no one fucking knows who they are when they're walking in the street. Because they don't look anything like their picture. I saw, so we don't, one of the things that we kind of do on this podcast is we specifically don't do a lot of research. Because we like to have it kind of more of just a free-flowing conversation. But I saw something yeah. where. Oh, God, what, what did you find out about me? What, what dirt did you dig out? Did you did you used to be a singer? Oh my god, I hate that. <laughs> yes, I did, and I was a very unsuccessful one. Now let's move on. <laughs> now I have to ask at least one follow up question about oh, that. No, I knew you would ask that. Is why I hate it. Go on. What? Like the question is, why do you hate it so much? Because I failed at it. That's why. <laughs> what do you think? Look, I'm I'm one of those people. Do you follow the Enneagram? No. Uh, okay, Enneagram is just like the thing that will change your fucking life forever. It's like um, it's like nine types of personalities. Oh, I, okay, I do know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, like like ISTPJ or something. Yeah, but I don't follow that. I follow the Enneagram. But okay. It's similar to, yeah, and I'm a three, and the three is the achiever. They're like you know, <laughs> if they have a goal, they've got to like. Then it's sort of people that wake up with lists, you know, lots of lists in the morning and they tick things off and they're just, they're known as the achiever and they have to be successful and they have to be good at what they do and they have to have um, accolade and be admired. Um, <laughs> so when, when a three ends up failing at something, <laughs> it's like they don't, they don't really want to go into it, but no, I mean, I'm owning it and, um, it was something I did when I was really young, like I was 22, and I actually got a record deal out of it. Um, I think it was like about 5,000 downloads of my song, and that was it. So it was all right. I mean, it was an experience. You live and learn. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think 5,000 is a lot. At least you went for it. That sounds good to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I'm the sort of person that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to do anything by half measures. I think when I got the record deal and, you know, and I, 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 I kind of like thought it's not going to really go any further because I'm not a talented singer. I'm not a talented songwriter. I'm just a very focused person. And you can't believe, you, know, you can't imagine how much you can achieve just through being obsessively hardworking. You can achieve, you can be the most talentless on the planet and you will still achieve more than the talented person who does fuck all you know talking to more people the more people we talk to on this podcast the more i realize that a lot of, it really is just like the most the ones who become successful at something they just keep doing it oh my god it's all about that it's about having a goal and 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 getting shit done getting shit done the the co-host of this podcast is basically one of those people He's really good at doing 90% at something 
and then the last 10% he just bails on. Mm, he's a seven in the Enneagram, that means. He comes up with all the ideas, he's got like a lot of passion, and then he doesn't finish the job. Yeah, yeah. If so, if, like, let's say there's, there, if you're a guy, and you see a girl, you're at a bar, you're wherever, and you see her and you want to talk to her, but she's out of your league, what what advice would you give that guy? Okay, so, um, oh, out of their league, I always say to guys, every single girl that you see is a five. She's a five. Even if she's hideous, she's a five. Even if she's stunning, she's a five. Because you don't know what's going to happen when she opens her mouth. This is a personal example. Have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? A little bit. I've seen parts of it. So, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is married to this absolutely, like, ravishing blonde, isn't it? Like, she's a real... I mean, I know some guys don't like blondes, but objectively, she's just stunning, this blonde. And I was looking at her thinking, God, what a beautiful woman. And then she opened up her mouth and out comes this kind of like New Jersey accent. And I literally looked at her and thought, oh, my God. I, I just, all the looks, just the, the pretty face. It's just I couldn't see it anymore. And I kind of think of it like that. Like, you don't know. I'm not saying the voice is going to be bad on the girl that you think is out of your league. I hate that term whatsoever. It's like the worst thing you can start off on. But you don't know what's going to come out of her mouth. She could be a fanatical racist. Uh, she could be. Um, she could have bad breath. <laughs> she could. She could be boring. And so I, I, I know it's difficult for guys because they kind of think, "Well, yeah, you're right, Kezia, but I'm still intimidated." Um, the way around that is to talk to as many women as possible, and that means unattractive women too. I mean, this is interesting. Because if you talk to an unattractive woman, physically not your type, I should say, woman, um, and you flirt with her, quite soon after, the beautiful woman, it kind of becomes an extension of every other woman. There are some guys out there, and I know them, and you wouldn't have experienced this firsthand because you're a guy, but you might know guys like this, okay, who are just flirtatious. They are big flirts. And you know who that guy is, but obviously you haven't had it happen to you. Now, I have, and I've noticed that the the flirty guys flirt with all the women. They flirt with unattractive women, and they flirt with beautiful women. It doesn't mean they're going to take the unattractive woman to bed, but they just see it as it's another woman, just like the beautiful one. I think that's extremely powerful. There's a few other things you can do. There's little, like, tricks that we have. Like, if you see a really stunning woman, immediately find the two ways that she can improve herself. You know, it can be something so silly, like her shoes. They're just those dreadful shoes that I just don't find hot on women or her nails. Uh, it, it can't really be something that she can't change, like if she was taller. But something that she can change usually is a, a, it kind of gives you a bit more power of the situation. What what do women think about some of the advice that you give? Oh, um, most of them think it's pretty pretty brilliant. Um, they're, they're, you know, women are will be quite cagey at first, like, mm-hmm, what's this all about? You know, this girl is telling guys how to pick up women. But when I sit down with them and I explain the logic of it, of what I'm doing, they're like, uh, that makes sense. Because women are complaining that men are not talking to them anymore. Um. I'm like, well, sorry, ladies, but that's your fault. <laughs> that's totally your fault. You've made it like third wave feminism. 
all that has made it very difficult for men to know what to do. Might not be deliberately their fault, but at some level, I think it's women's fault that men don't approach them. Not, not completely. Um, I, put, I blame a lot of it on technology that people are not just interacting with each other as much. Um, but also, I think that women are complaining that the right men aren't. You know, there's no the right men aren't out there. But I think there are a lot of right men. Um, it's just that they don't know how to market themselves effectively. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I don't teach men to lie to women and say to them shit like, you know, oh, I'm I'm a really successful businessman. I've got loads of money or, you know, um, let me help you with your career or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I think they're, they're cool with it as long as there's not that that kind of manipulation. I mean, flirting and attraction is a form of manipulation for sure on both sides. But then there's actively lying. And that's what I don't teach. And I think that's what women think I'm going to teach. And when they realize that I don't, it's like all the rest of the stuff is like, yeah, that makes sense. It's just social dynamics. Two observations about something that you were talking about. So me being married for the last four years and I work with a lot of women, they tend to vent to me about their dating lives. One of the things that they consistently say is that there just seems to be no men out there anymore. Do you feel the same way? I mean, do you think that's a trend or is that kind of just something that that I'm hearing? You mean men as in a real man? Is, like, is that what you mean? Or men in general as in the numbers of men? A man in the – like a man. They, they, okay. they That's what they're saying. Like they're just – they doesn't seem to be men anymore. No, they're right. There's less and less. Men are becoming drips. Do you have that expression in America when a man's a drip? We don't, no. but I think I know what I mean. Or I think <laughs> I, th- I think I know what you mean by that. He's just kind of a weenie. He's like a weenie. Yeah, we call it a drip when someone's just a drip, you know. And it's it's wonderful and attractive to be a kind and considerate man. This is not a beta male. This is not a drip. So when I say, a lot of people get confused. They think, oh, a drip means being kind or, you know, opening the door for the woman or or being romantic. It's not. Being a drip is being inconsistent with your opinions, trying to please the woman by bending your own reality in accordance with hers, um, not being dynamic, not taking action, not being sexual, um, just just being like the pet Labrador, basically, you know, that's what it is. And I think men are becoming that because, like I said, I think there's a, a lot of factors. I think a lot of it's to do with third wave feminism, technology, a lot of men now just choosing to rely on Tinder and get stuck on Instagram and things like that. They're confused, like, how do I be kind and, and romantic without being a, a drip? Um, and you you can be, and that's why I believe that they should come to me, and or, or not even to me, just people who are experts at this. Are you ready for the hard questions? Uh, oh yeah, born ready, born ready, baby. So this this is a discussion more in America maybe than it is over there. But is Daniel Craig good looking? No. Yeah, I don't think he is either. He's hot, but he's not good looking. I mean. I'm not a fan of his. He's not my favorite Bond. He's not ugly. He's just not good looking. I mean, he's not like Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan is aesthetically a good looking man. And I think it's 
It's one of those men that women and men can objectively say, that is a handsome man. We here in America, we just imagine that everyone over there just loves James Bond. Who are you going to go with your number one James best? Let's go. Who's your best looking James Bond? And I'll give you mine, too. Well, I just told you, Pierce Brosnan is probably one of the best looking men in the world. But the one I really fancied that I had a crush on was Timothy Dalton. See, I would go Sean Connery. I don't like the Scottish accent. <laughs> That's just a personal thing. Some women love it. I don't like Scottish accent. Uh, next question. How do you feel about men who use emojis or exclamation points in text messages? Okay, so this is a really, really good question because I have changed my opinion on this a little bit. Um, I still prefer men not to use it on the whole because I always say, would James Bond use an emoji? Right. Absolutely not. He wouldn't. But I've got some some little. um, I think it's a bit more nuanced now. This answer. So I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, okay, so there's a few guys I've been dating recently. I'm divorced, by the way, so I'm not having an affair. (laughs) (laughs) Just to throw that out there. (laughs) I, I I'm quite partial to the younger guy. Like I do like young men. I, 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 but I go with older guys because ultimately it's about gay. But I, my eyes are kind of like drawn towards very young men. And they use emojis. And I kind of like say, that's fine because you're a young, stupid child and you don't understand. <laughs> They're not that young. I just think, okay, that's your era. Um, and it's not weird for you. And then I started dating a couple of guys who were late 30s, early 40s, and I noticed that they were using emojis. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, please stop using the emojis. And I realized, no, hold on, this is a thing now. This is how people are talking to each other. There's no more, four years ago you could say, don't use emojis. But now me and like a couple of other people out walking this planet who don't use emojis are the fucking weirdos. We're the... (laughs) So... I'm officially on this podcast changing my stance on it. It is acceptable, but don't use don't use needy emojis. Maybe I personally go that I don't use them ever when talking to a man. If a woman that I'm conversing with uses more than three, then I'll use one, but no more than one. You know, um, people start to use it in business meetings, like by you know, sort of not business meetings, but when they're talking business via text, like men doing that that's that's shady okay so i have this theory that if a man if a man really hasn't had a significant other for a long time he's never really been married never really been in a long-term relationship and he gets past the age of 37 ish that he just that he just goes crazy like it's just over for him have you noticed anything like that or am i out on a limb on that um i i haven't noticed it i i um, I've, I've been, I've, I've had, sorry, students who've been like 37 plus and not been in a proper relationship. And I can't say they've gone mad or anything. They could have what we call an, an autumn romance in their life. <laughs> no, I have not seen anything like that. I think it's harder for women. I think if you meet a woman who's 37 and not had a kid, I think that's a much more frightening experience than a man that's not had a proper relationship how come you think is it the the biological clock thing or is it something else yeah the biological clock i just feel that unless the woman's like doesn't want a kid ever that's different um i just think 
if she's in a relationship, that's also different. So if they're like kind of waiting and they're not ready yet, she's kind of got the relationship. That's it. You know, she's happy now. I've got my relationship. I can just wait. Um, but the woman who's not in a relationship and wants a baby. Whew. So you, you, the podcast, when you just recently started that, what made you want to do that? Yep, I've entered the clan of podcasters. Um, I've got these incredible experts on my team. So I've got like this endless kind of like infinite amount, you know, of conversations that we can have and I can, you know, I can go through with the, um, the different people on my team. And we've launched nine episodes so far. Um, yeah, it's called um, A Piece of the Attraction. If you're based in America, we hold boot camps in Vegas about every two months. The next one's in March. I don't know the one after that. And we hold boot camps in London. Is there anything else that you think we've missed? Anything that you want to put out there or anything like that? Well, I just think we should talk about my failed singing career, like, for an extra hour. Like, just go into, like, every point of how it how it just disintegrated and failed epically in could, detail. Looking, looking back on it, could you pinpoint the exact date that it went bad? <laughs> and, and then once you have that exact date, could you tell me exactly how you felt the moment after you realized? I tell you what I'll do. I'll, 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 let's, let's arrange another time. I'll reenact the whole the whole like drama. I'll make it into like a kind of mime for you, so you can see the the, the tragedy in my face. How about that? <laughs> if it look, I think that honestly, I, your singing career sounds pretty successful to me. I think you did pretty well. I mean, getting a record <laughs> deal is a big. I want to thank Kezia so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. It's profoundly pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've also included in the RSS feed on this podcast links to her YouTube channel, her podcast, A Piece of the Attraction, and some of her websites as well. She really goes into a lot more detail about some of the things that we talked about. I think one of the big takeaways from our conversation, though, is just that you've got to get out there. You've got to get out there and just start doing it. And I know that's really hard. I mean, I was definitely in some places before I met my wife where I was just, oh my God, I'm so sick of this. But you just got to keep doing that. Now let's go ahead and talk to someone who generally gives up after the first try, John Schull. Hello, Nicholas. Oh, hello, Jonathan. How are you this uh, lovely evening? I'm a little angry. A little, a little angry. Because you're five foot five. No, because I feel like you're gonna do something that's just gonna make me angry. I feel like you're gonna disappoint me in this episode. I probably will. I mean, I don't think there's an episode that's gone by where I don't disappoint you. I think the, I think the question that needs to be asked is, how are you not going to disappoint me? I feel like I try, and I put a probably, I would say I put at least ninety nine percent effort into it. I feel like you probably don't go above 77. That's a fair estimate. I would say, I mean, at least give me a B minus. No. 80%. Oh, B minus. Yeah, I thought you said plus. I'm not giving you a B plus. I'd give you a B minus. You know, you know what I would give a B minus on right now? <laughs> what? Your terrible trampoline jumping skills. Whoa, ho, 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 ho. you take that back. First terrible of all, that would... Everyone needs to go to your social media, because I'm sure you posted it everywhere, and see your lackluster 
I, I, I don't even know what that was. That was like a side flip, front flip. I mean, your your kid looked way better than you did. He did. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but he actually gave like a yeah as he jumped in <laughs> off the trampoline into the foam pit. Also, number one, the fact that you're just pointing this out shows that you really know nothing about basic acrobatics because that's a front flip with a twist, which I guarantee that if you went to a trampoline park, you wouldn't even be able to bounce up and down. I really don't think you could. I think you would literally just step onto the trampoline, sprain your ankle, fall down, and go home. That that's not that's not true at all. I used to I used to have a trampoline. I yeah. used to do all kinds of things on a trampoline. Yeah, like what? I mean, you, you name it. Shane Hall had to get fifteen stitches in his calf because I I bounced him onto a, a wood fence post. I do feel like if you had a calling in life, it would definitely be trampoline bouncer. You wouldn't be the guy that's going up high but you would be the guy that they would use to like bounce somebody else oh yeah i was never the bouncy i mean that 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 would just be horrific it usually (laughs) it usually took uh, at least four other people to try to bounce me and i still only probably went six feet in the air i mean were you always a big boy yeah i've always been a, a bigger a bigger guy how often do you disappoint yourself and we're talking daily like how many times do you disappoint yourself daily I would say a good 33%. 33% of the day you're disappointed in yourself? I would say a good third of the day. You know, you you look into the mirror and you're like, what what is going on here? Wait, how, how did this day spiral so far out of control? Now, wait, are you talking a third of the day as in like a full 24-hour day? Or are you talking third of your waking hours? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't think I can disappoint myself when I'm sleeping. I'm sure you could find a way. <laughs> I'm sure my wife rolls over and just sees this big monster next to her, and she's automatically disappointed. <laughs> I bet she regrets marrying you at least at least five times a week. I think that's an accurate statement, though I would say that I feel like that's average So for any woman towards their husband. So uh, give me an eight. Give me eight times. Okay. Yeah, I think we should actually – if if – if you're a woman listening to this and you're married, let us know how how many times a week you regret marrying your husband. Uh, and, and you know what? I think that's a fair question to to just end that topic on before we start asking ourselves how many times we, you know we regret marrying our, our wives. Yeah, we wouldn't. We we shouldn't. We should just skip right over that and just move yeah. forward as quickly as possible. Um, <laughs> look, here's one of my questions for you, and this happened to me yesterday. If you hold the door for somebody, say you're going into a restaurant or you're going into any kind of place that involves waiting in a line, will you then go up to that line first? What? How do you – let me rephrase this. If you hold the door for somebody and they then go and get in line ahead of you, what do you think about that? Because that happened to me yesterday and I find my, found myself being pretty pissed off. Like, wait a minute, dude. <laughs> I had that instance tonight. Uh and I was, I was carrying my baby in her car seat into the restaurant, and I had to open the door, and then I held it open. Uh, luckily, my wife was in front of me, in front of the other person, so like she was able to get in line first. But I, so you didn't have that experience at all. I did. I, I no, you didn't. Your I, wife I, was I, ahead of you. You literally had no one cut you in line. Nothing changed I, because you did it. I, I'm getting to the point is that if I open the door for somebody, I don't I it's no rush. You know, what are they going to get seated 
30 seconds in front of me. I don't, I don't care. It's the principle of the thing. Like if I'm allowing you to go – if I'm opening this door for you, then you're supposed to then allow me to get in the line first. Like you don't just cut right ahead of me. You know, you, you seem like you're a little angry tonight. Uh, you know, did, did this throw you off all weekend? Is that how, is that how you started? No, I was, just thinking, I was just thinking about that and I found it to be quite rude. Even though I'm, you seem like the kind of person that if you get the door held open for you, you're gonna, you're gonna, you don't care about that person that opened the door for you. You're gonna try to beat them out and everything. Yeah, but I don't like people doing to me what I would have done to them. That's the point. Uh, I believe some would call that karma. Okay, let me ask you this other question. If you leave someone a voicemail, whether for work purposes or personal purposes, how long? Do you think they listen to that voicemail before they just delete it? Do you think they get all the way through it? Or do you think they hear their, your voice, give you about 10 seconds, and delete it? I think work, uh, 100%. I well, think personal life, not even three seconds. I'd be surprised if anyone in my personal life even like listens to it. Yeah, I wouldn't listen to it. If you left me a voice, it depends what time the voicemail is. If you're going to leave me like a 2 a.m.-ish voicemail, I'll probably listen to that just to see what's going on. But if you call me during the day and left me a voicemail, I would just delete it without even listening to it. <laughs> I mean, even though I could be having an emergency at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, but no big deal. Well, yeah, but wouldn't you call again? Wouldn't you call back? I don't think, it's not like you're being kidnapped, you get one phone call and then you're whisked away to a deserted island and you tried to leave the name of it for me and I deleted the voicemail. I mean, you'd call maybe, me, you'd text me. Maybe I, maybe that is the case. You know, the, the kidnappings do happen, Nick. Yeah, but nobody's kidnapping a man of your size that quickly. You know, that's actually a great question I've always wondered, is when, as a kidnapper, do you draw the line? I don't think I'd kidnap somebody over 120. I think that'd just be too much work. Like, I know it's probably a disturbing topic, and I know it's a pretty serious topic, but if we could just poke fun at the thought for a second, I mean, you have to be a, a big dude to abduct anybody, male or female, over 140. Yeah, I would agree with that. Give me give me your hardline number, because I would say... Woman, if it was a woman, just because you're not going to have to deal with as much physically strength, obviously a 150-pound woman isn't as strong as a 150-pound man. Woman, I'd probably go to like 135, 140. I don't think I'd want to kidnap a grown man over over 120, really. It'd just be too much work. I, at that point, and with all the surveillance cameras, depending where you do it, it's like, what's what's the point even? Like, what's the reward? Yeah, if you're going to kidnap somebody, it has to be a small woman or a child. You don't want to yeah, kidnap a grown person. No. If, well, anyways, I'm glad you went there instead of me. Um, well, we're talking about weights. Like, I don't want to kidnap somebody over 120 pounds. But I was trying to, like, steer clear of the, the kid thing, and then you just you just threw it out there. Well, what's your, what's your weight going to be? Like, what's the heaviest person you would kidnap? I would probably try to get anyone under 140. I mean, I, I mean, and I'm gonna, that has to be like a staunchy 140 because if if they can run, I mean, I'm done. There's no way I'm catching them. That would that's really the problem with kidnapping somebody that's around that 100, like right up to the edge, is they've probably got great endurance. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, not not to mention they're probably scared shitless and they kick it into another gear. Okay, okay, here's this question. If you had, you don't have a gun, you don't have any kind of way to, like, make that person just stay there and do what you want. You have to, like, they're going to be actively fighting somebody. Do you think you could even kidnap someone? Yeah, I think I could. I mean, once again, knowing my luck, I would I would think I'm going after some someone who is... You know, an easy target, and then they're a black belt in Taekwondo, and they just kick the shit out of me. God, I would love that. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm fairly confident I could do that. Do what? Uh, you know, uh, kidnap somebody. <laughs> so you're pretty confident you could kidnap someone. I really don't <laughs> think I could do it. I don't think I could. I don't not not easily. Not without being noticed at the very least. I mean, and then I would give them a handshake and tell them. Thanks for playing. Have a have a nice life. If you try to kidnap somebody and they turn out to be too much for you, do you just apologize and try to walk away? I've covered that story twice where someone's been tried to be abducted. Uh, unfortunately, it was a man and a you know on a female, but then the female ends up being a little more than the guy uh, handles. One time, the guy just tried to walk down the street and he was tackled uh by a bunch of pedestrians and held till the police came so it, it does happen yeah it's kind of like you gotta you gotta think this one through you gotta really I mean, evaluate the person that you're trying to kidnap um <laughs> we should probably move off of this did you know yeah. that did you know that there is not one type of jumping spider like i thought a jumping spider was just there's one jumping spider no it's actually a specific family of spiders in which there's actually over 6115 types of jumping spider well that's scary i don't like i mean for who who does like spiders and i don't want to think that there's over 6100 different kinds of jumping spiders they're also apparently all over the world and you probably have some in your house right now you know, I wonder what I have in my house. I mean, the cat I think is doing a great job of of getting rid of all the small critters, but that's not what I cats wonder. do. Cats not killing that's, spiders around the house. No, but it but it, it it takes care of you know other things. I'm sure. Like what? Like what do you have running around your house? Like fucking ferrets and rats? You just multiple rats? Who knows? John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 pew. John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 pew. John's Fast Five. My God! My God! In a second. Wait. Shh. This isn't going to work while he's out awake. You know that, right? Do you have a Fast Five this week? I do, but... I mean, you you confused me with one of our conversations last week where you said, well, I I might want to eliminate it because it's not getting that good of ratings. I don't don't want to hear you talk that much. It's not that they don't want to hear you talk. It's that they want to hear you struggle to breathe in between pauses during the Fast Five. I mean, listen, I I think I'm doing pretty good right now. Yeah, I will actually give you a compliment. I think that you're doing – you're getting better as we go along. Like before, cardio. before you were like, a, uh, well, well, that's, that's just, that's just terrible. All right. Are you, I, no, I'm ready for the fast five. I'm all about it. I want to hear it. I want to hear what your contribution is. I'm excited. Pump it up. Hoo, hoo, hoo. 
Wow. I don't know if you just barked or cheerleaded, but we'll go. We'll start here. Do you know who Jose Canseco is? Yeah, dude. Of course I know who fucking Jose Canseco is. You know how many times I've watched that ball bounce off his head and go over the fence? What what a terrible moment for what could have been a great career, but he had to ruin it uh, by being a dumbass and part of PDs. Anyways, so for $5,000... You, <laughs> I can't believe I love this story. For five thousand dollars, you can go hunting with Jose Canseco to find what? I'll give you one guess. You won't even be near it. Is, is it any kind? Is it an animal, or are we talking treasure hunt? I, I guess an animal. Are we talking snipe? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it's it's a myth that hasn't been proven yet that I know of. Is he going fucking Bigfoot hunting? Yes, yes. For five thousand dollars, you can uh, you can go hunting for Bigfoot with uh, Jose Canseco. How much is it to hunt Bigfoot without Jose Canseco? <laughs> I mean, I think it's free. I don't know. I guess you could be. I mean, honestly, you could be looking for Bigfoot fucking anywhere. It's not like you have to go anywhere specific. I mean, you could just go to the beach. You can just go to like the creek, the creek next to your house, looking for Bigfoot. You don't have to well, pay five thousand no. dollars for it. No, Bigfoot's not swimming on the beach. His first off, do you believe in Bigfoot? No, of course not. It's not even possible. From mo- mostly just from a standpoint of like how people, what would be needed for a species to survive, it's not possible. Well, I mean, you believe in dinosaurs? Yeah, dude. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I'm not even on. getting into the fact that you don't believe in dinosaurs because you haven't personally seen them. I've watched Jurassic Park. That's good enough. Um, so it's kind of funny we mentioned kidnapping earlier because I had this one at the bottom of the list, but I'm going to bring it up real fast because it's kind of uh, kind of time sensitive. But uh, Fall River, Massachusetts. This one caught my eye this week. Uh, there was a woman that intended to rob a bank. She walked in, glasses on, mask over her face, you know, bag over. She walked up to the teller, uh, announced, you know, that she was there. It was a bank robbery. Something happened in the span of 15 seconds, according to the AP article that I read earlier. She looked down, looked up, told the teller to give her a minute, took off her mask, ripped up the uh, the note that had the, the demands on it, Dropped the backpack and walked out. But she didn't rob the place? Didn't rob the place. Uh, Nothing. It was like an attempted robbery, not robbery. Well, is that technically illegal? I mean, she didn't do anything. Yeah, I don't think it is illegal. I mean, yeah, you just left some clothing at the, the bank. That's normal. Yes. That's kind of an interesting, I mean, not to get really deep into this, but that's almost like a thought crime in the sense that, well, we're arresting you because you were thinking of doing something. But what if you didn't actually do it? I feel like attempted robbery, you have to give them the note or you have to have a gun or you have to make some kind of an action to rob them, not just thinking of robbing them. I mean, I mean, I guess if we're being serious, yeah, it's uh, it brings up a lot of questions. A lot of questions. All right, <laughs> I feel like it doesn't bring up any questions the way that you just answered that. Like, you have no <laughs> fucking further questions. I, I just want to move on to the next one because I just reread it and it just 
I just love this story. Uh, our, our Canadian friends, there was a, a woman. Uh, she passed away, unfortunately. Her name is Sybil Hicks. It's a good name. Uh, <laughs> and her obit, uh, which uh, I don't know who wrote it. I assume her daughter or, or something. But uh, her obit's one of the funniest things I've ever read. Uh, kind of the, the, the cream of, of the, uh, the obit is when she... Uh, says that her uh, this woman finally got the smoking hot body she always wanted thanks to cremation. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's Simple the way. Hicks, to, everybody, that's the Simple fucking Hicks. smoking up. That's the way to do it. That is yeah. the way to do it. Do you think they fact check obituaries, or can you basically say whatever you want? I mean, they go through an editing, uh, you know, an editor. I'm sure, but. I mean, how are they, yeah, how are they really gonna, you know, how are they really going to, um... Like, how are they gonna know that you didn't climb Mount Everest three times? I could say that I had, uh, you know, rock-solid abs until the day I died. No one would know the difference. You could have, like, noted athlete and womanizer John Scholl passes away at age of 42 from multiple heart attacks. And nobody (laughs) would, nobody would, I would argue with it. I mean, let's be honest. It probably wouldn't be multiple. It probably would just be one large one. Yeah, I think that you're more of a one big heart attack guy. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I I really do appreciate your uh, your sentiments. No, because I feel like it's just going to be you. You've probably just got one big clog that's like waiting. I don't think you have multiple clogs. I think you've just got one big one that's going to hit. If it does, uh, I'm sure you have many people who would love to. Uh, the co-host with you. Well, I just want to—I just want to remind our audience of something they may or may not know that John Shaw once got a kidney stone from drinking too much Mountain Dew. Wow! How do you remember that? I listen to people. Well, that's surprising. Uh, that is very true, actually. Um, I've—I've I've had three in my life. Uh, that was the only one that I know of that was caused by Mountain Dew, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, needless to say, I don't drink uh, properly anymore. Uh, how, how many mountain? That how many Mountain Dews a day were you going through? Oh my, dude, I, I I couldn't even tell you. I mean, that was my senior year of college when I got that one, and there are some pictures floating around that just show like I don't know. I mean, like bottles four deep going around the entire base of of my my room in college. Why did so, you like Mountain Dew so much? I'm not really sure. I'm not even sure why I liked pop, to be honest. I mean, a pop here or there is not bad, but to drink it that much all the time, and then to mix that with, you know, the occasional beer every now and again, I was I was just the... Uh, Ticking time know, bomb. Is what it I was. was the face of health. All right, what's your... <laughs> so I have two more. One is pretty boring, but I thought... Then why would you even bring it up? Why would you like, oh, this is boring, I'm just going to fuck... Then what? skip it. No, because I thought it was important that when this episode comes out on the 20th in 1962, uh, so how many years ago is that? Uh, uh, the first U.S. citizen that orbited the Earth landed in the uh, the Atlantic Ocean. John Glenn. Okay, you don't like space. Go no, I do like space, and I wanted to. I, I was what the pause was because I really wanted to go. Who gives a shit? And then halfway through it, I kind of like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. <laughs> I, mean, I I thought it was interesting, and it uh, you know it's just 
Wednesday when this uh, when this comes out, people will now remember that that's you know started the was part of the space race. John Glenn, Ohio's own John Glenn. Did you know that jumping spiders actually have excellent vision? Some of the best vision amongst the spider species. I want to know how high can the can the, can the, like what's the highest jump a jumping spider can do? Like I'm, eight feet. No, dude, it's a fucking little spider. Like eight feet. You think a little spider like that could jump eight feet high? Like so think what about you're that. Saying is, I can outrun uh, uh, a bison in a forty-yard dash, and now I can jump higher. I have a higher vertical than a jumping spider. I think you actually probably do have when you factored it into it. In terms of total vertical, it would probably be pretty close to a jumping spider. But in relation to your body, you would absolutely not. No. Do you want to know? I'll give you the jumping spider fact about their jumping, which I'm not going to lie to you. This is probably the most interesting animal fact that we've ever had on this show. All right, go ahead. So a jumping spider can jump up to 50 times their own body length. But they don't actually jump with leg muscles. What they do is they change the flow of their blood and basically pump blood so quickly into their legs, forcing them to expand rapidly, and that's what actually makes them jump. Oh, okay. That's, uh, that's quite the, uh, like the, the chemistry there going on in the body. I don't think that's technically chemistry. I think that's physiology. Strictly speaking, yeah, whatever. chemistry would be a chemical reaction. It's not a chemical reaction. It's a physiological reaction that would be happening there. Sorry, Dr. Vinzan. How about you go fuck yourself? How would you feel if you were working at a potato factory and next thing you know <laughs> is two or three World War One grenades just come rolling in <laughs> with the rest of the potatoes and you have absolutely no idea what's going on, so you send them through anyways. Wait, what? Why would yeah. you fucking send them through? Like, oh, let's because put them into these smashers and see what fucking happens. The picture that, I, that I'm looking at kind of does look like a potato. Obviously, it's not going to feel like a potato, but that's happened in Hong Kong. It's, there are three World War I grenades. I have no idea. No one knows how they got into the, the local potato chip factory. But yeah, that's you know that's just uh, just just crazy. I have a um, lot. I have a lot of follow up questions. I feel like you're not going to have any sort of answers, so we can. I guess we could just move ahead. Do you? I, I yeah. I'm, listen, I'm I'm pretty excited for our uh, our, our our top five. I, I am too, pick. actually. I am too. Because I'm curious to see. Uh, well, I won't ruin it, but I'm curious to see what you have on yours. Okay, so our top five this week is going to be top five irrational fears that you have. Like something that you're afraid of for no real reason, but you still continue to be afraid of it. What's your number five? Heights. I don't think that's an irrational fear, though. I don't think that really counts. I mean, heights, like, that could kill you. Like, if you fall, you will die. I I based my list upon, like, do I have actual reasons to be fearful of my list? And I, I have no reason to be afraid of heights. I've never had an incident. I've never been well. I got stuck on the wildcat with you once, but uh, uh, I've, I've just—I've never had a reason to, to be afraid. But for some reason, like I just don't like them. Well, I think that's just a natural body thing. Like people are afraid of heights because of the idea of falling off of something would kill you. But but in a way, that's that's irrational because how many deaths happen a year where things like that happen? Probably well, less than one percent. 
Yeah, I mean, people, but I think that if you are going to take of the list of irrational fears and how many people actually die from that, I feel like probably a lot of people die from falling than other stuff that's going to be on the list. Listen, I, we don't need to get into, uh, you know, who's right, who's wrong here, okay? Well, I'm list. clearly right. I'm sticking to it. What's your number five? Going to the dentist and having them drill through the side of my cheek. Oh, we will get to that later. I don't. I have that on my list as well, but it's not that exact thing, but... You have, like, something close to to that? Very close, yes. My number four, I'm not really happy with it. I don't think it's... Leaving doors unlocked, basically, is a fear that I have. I will go back and check doors to see if they're locked over and over and over and over again, even though I think if somebody wants to break into your place or your car or your house or whatever, a locked door basically does nothing. I, I'm under the same like thought process as you. I, I think if someone wants to get in, they're going to get in, or at least try to get in, no matter what. I've never, obviously you lock your doors, but I mean, there are, there's also windows, and there's other ways into a house. But I mean, I get it. Once again, I don't think that's irrational. I think doing it over and over and over and over and over again just means that you have, you know, OCD, but... Um, you're five foot five, so you probably have a lot of aggressive tendencies. Have you, um, have you ever had somebody break into something while you were there? I have actually. What was it? What did you do besides whimper quietly in the bathroom? Uh, well, it was when I lived with my parents. I want to say it was 13, 14, 15, I don't know, but say a homeless man had wandered up our driveway and uh, was going through our garbage. And then attempted to steal our recycling bin with all the recyclables. Damn. Wait a minute. How's he stealing the recycling bin? Why would you even care? He's probably just trying to get that. I would have let him have it. Well, I mean, it had it had, it had recyclables in it, so he could go but you're not, for money. Yeah, but how's he trying to steal that then? You weren't using it. Why didn't you just let him have it? I mean, you come into my, you come onto our property, it's where, not yours to take. Where was the trash can? Was it at the street? No, it, it was in the, in the garage. The garage was open. It was like a June or, I don't know, July day. It was a hot day. Wait a minute. How close to the front of the garage was it? Like, did he have to go to the back of the garage, or was he getting it yeah. out of the front of the garage? Yeah, like it was in the garage on a toolbox at the at the back of the garage. Yeah, okay, he's pushing it there. If he was at the street, I'm giving him a complete pass. You're in the wrong. But he went into the garage. He was probably actually doing something else. Getting to the to the end of the story, because it's kind of a long, convoluted story. I approached him. He seemed homeless, so I bagged up the recyclables and, like, a plastic bag and gave it to him, and he continued on with his day. So basically somebody was trying to rob you, and instead of stopping them, you actually gave them the stuff that they wanted. Who knows? He could have been there, you know, yeah, to rob everything, and that was their cover. But if it was a cover, it worked, so... God, how many pimples did you have as a teenager? I can just see you like just what does pimpled. That have to do with anything? Well, I can just see you like just pimpled out. Like excuse me, sir. Have your little voice no, cracked? I, actually, what are you doing? I, I what, are, what are you doing? Because I have immaculate skin. But did you have that at thirteen? <laughs> yes. You've had immaculate skin your whole life. My whole entire life. Oh my gosh! Let me ask you this, because I've got one right now. When you get a lip pimple, is there basically any way for you to convince people that that's not herpes? Limp pimples, well, limp pimples, uh, lip pimples, they're cold sores. No, you can get an actual pimple on your lip. Not, I'm not talking about on the lip part, but like right where that part where the skin meets the lip, if you get a pimple there, basically everyone's looking at you like you got herpes. 
I don't. To be honest, I I don't remember the last time I I got I had a cold sore or a lip lip pimple. God, why can't you, so, can you try that again and get it I right? I can't even say it. Lip lip pimple pimple. Oh my god. D- d- look, we'll just keep going until you get it right. Lip lip pimple. Why can't you lip say it? Pimple. I don't know. It's too many p's. Say the word lip. Lip. Wait, that's how you say lip? Yeah, lip. Why does it sound like limp? I don't know. I Just say lip. L-I-P. Lip. Yeah, dude, I don't know what's going on over there. Now just say lip pimple. Limp pimples. I can't. Fuck. Lip pimples. Try it without plural. sir. You have a pimple on your lip. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Now you got it. All right. Anyways, moving on with this ridiculous fucking conversation. My number four is, and it's along the same lines of your OCD, is if I get if I get up to grab a drink of water or something during the middle of the night, I will continuously go back and check the refrigerator to make sure I shut the doors all the way, even though I know I've already shut them. <sighs> yeah, I think that's basically the same thing as my lock thing. It's basically yeah. just because it's such a routine behavior that you can't remember if you actually did it or not. I, I might as well add in that I also do it with the burners, like the uh, the oven or the uh, stovetop burners. Here's my real question, though. If you go get a glass of water, are you getting straight water or are you going to put some ice in it? No, I, I just do straight water. Why don't you put ice in it? I don't know, because I usually drink it fast and I... If there was ice in it, it wouldn't matter anyways. Wait a minute. What kind of – are you getting it out of the fridge or are you getting it – you got like a water cooler? <laughs> no, it's usually in like a like a pure – like a filter thing, whatever they're called, in the refrigerator. No, so it's already cold. When you go back and go and get the water though, are you just getting water or are you getting yourself a little snack? What? <laughs> See, this is why people, what people like wanted – like why are you quizzing me? And then keep quizzing me on things. Because I just want to know, Are you when you go back, when you get up late night to get a glass of quote-unquote water, are you also getting a little snack? Not usually, but sometimes maybe. Okay. Depends, depends how I'm feeling. What are you getting? You going sweets or you going meat? I mean, if, if meat's there, I'll do meat all day, but a lot – no sweets. It might be like a strawberry or – or like a piece of cheese or something. You're not. Nobody's waking up in the middle of the fucking night and eating a strawberry. Don't you lie to me like that. <laughs> I swear, I'm not. I'm not lying to you. I don't. I don't eat a lot of sweets. Uh, I but mean, you're not. You're not. You're not going. You're not waking up in the middle of the night like, oh, I'm thirsty and I just want one strawberry. Get the fuck out of here with that. No, you said like if if I if I go in into the kitchen with the intent of of having. You know, getting some water, and I'm like, oh, I'm a little hungry. I mean, I might grab a strawberry or something. I mean, I go right back to bed usually. You're going to – see, that's why I just – know you're not. You're not getting up, oh, I'm a little hungry, and I'm going to have one strawberry and then go back to bed. I don't believe you. I I mean, you don't – then put a nanny cam in my kitchen, and then let's see what happens. That's even more ridiculous that you would be like, wow – I'm pretty hungry. Let me have this one blueberry, and that will tide me over for the rest of my fucking drool-induced sleep. I I don't know why you're so angry about this. Because you're lying to me, or you're I'm lying, lying to, to you. You're lying to yourself then, because you're not getting up there like, Ooh, you know what I need? One strawberry, and then I'll be perfectly ready to go back to bed. Mm. 
Mmm, boy, that strawberry was good. So full. Now to sleep and go back. Anyways, uh, my number three is, uh, and this one is is just me because I'm probably crazy, but it's looking out my uh, out windows, out my house windows at night. I feel like you're basically a skittish cat at home when you're – how much are you looking out? Like are you checking – wait a minute. Are you checking everything that's driving by? Are you like the neighbor that the neighbor pulls up and you like see you looking out the window staring for a no. couple of seconds? No, I'm not – no, but you know, I mean if if you hear a strange noise or, or, or you know, or you're just – or I'm having that strawberry, I just want to go look out the window – you know, there's always that thought in the back of my mind, like, am I gonna, am I gonna pull the curtains back, and there's gonna be somebody standing like in the yard staring at me? Are you gonna ever unlock the door, pull it open a little bit, and stick your head out? Oh God, I, listen, I, I've thought about this, and I, I would like to think that if that ever happens, like I'm, I'm opening up the door and I'm fucking just gunning after whatever whoever's out there. See, yeah, I don't understand the point of opening the door a little bit and sticking your head out because that person could then just pull the door and your head stuck right there. Like I think you gotta, no you gotta whip the door all the way open, and then actually I'm take gr- a step back. I'm That's grabbing what. a kitchen knife. I'm putting on my my running shoes, and I'm, I, we're going. We're gonna. We're going to town. Okay, I have a story about this. If you'd like to hear it. Of course. I mean, it's about time you joined the conversation. Well, so, okay, a couple of months ago, let's call it, maybe sooner than that, my wife, who was pregnant and decently pregnant at the time, second trimester probably, was doing something in the kitchen. And our kitchen is right up against where you can see the backyard. There's windows, there's doors, all that kind of stuff. And she's there, and I'm sitting on the couch doing nothing. And all of a sudden she comes running up to me. There's like, she's like, there's somebody in the backyard. There's somebody in the backyard. So once you have a family and you have a kid, you kind of have like this dad brain thing that switches on, even if you're not this kind of person in real life or you were before. So I go flying into the backyard. As I'm going through the kitchen to get to the backyard, there's where we have our knives. I grab two of those knives with the plan in mind. All right, I'm going to confront this person. They're probably going to go high. I'm going to go low with the knives and stab them in the stomach, and they'll be dead, and this will be over. Turns out to be like a just a homeless, drunk woman that was just sitting there, and I was fully ready to stab her to death. <laughs> I mean, I listen, I, I this may sound terrible, but like I'm 100% like with you. Like, like as I just said, like if – you know, I just say I think it kicks in, you know, and I don't mean to sound, you know, machismo or, or like I'm a hard ass, but that's that's what I would do. No, for, for people who don't have children and are listening to this and would be like, these dudes are a bunch of pussies. They would never do that. Like, I would agree with you that this that would probably be the case before you had kids. But once you have like kids and a family, something changes and you're ready to kill people. We don't need to get all soft here, but yes, uh, I'm a new dad about four and a half months in and, uh, there, you know, if someone has that, that like much of an intent to do harm, I think any parental instinct is going to go and like, well, you're going to have to go through me before you ever touch my child. When my wife and I had our first child, we were kind of wrestling around and we knew she was pregnant, but we were just, we were just doing something. Um, and I accidentally like bumped her stomach 
and she started to rain down blows upon my face and body like a woman who had just done five grams of PCP and crap. <laughs> That's amazing. She just I don't lo- know if I ever know that. I've ever, ever heard that story. No, she just absolutely like something about being a parent. You just lose your fucking mind and you are ready to kill anything. I actually my my number one is along these lines. So what uh, what's your number three? My number three is ATVs. Uh, okay, I mean, I, I, I've, I've ridden on them, I, I've dro- driven them, I, I don't have any kind of fear, really. That's pretty much my irrational, like, parent, not to make this the parenting show, but, like, I would never want anybody I know to get on an ATV, because every time I hear about an ATV, they're fucking getting flipped and crashed and all that kind of stuff, and people are dead and paralyzed. Like, I have an irrational fear of ATVs. Nothing's ever happened to you on an ATV, right? No. And I, I have a motorcycle and ride a motorcycle, but I'm afraid of ATVs. All right, hold on. Let's not call your motorcycle a motorcycle. It is literally a motorcycle. It's actually a naked motorcycle. It's a basic motorcycle. No, Don't... it's 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 like one of those little scooters that the Vietnamese, you know, had driven around in uh, in, in the '60s. No, it's a motorcycle, 600 cc's. What you want to know about it, son? You you want to get in a race with the Black Bat? You want to race your fucking Kia Sorento against the Black Bat? All right, my number two is the dentist. uh, Mainly getting cavities drilled and worried that they're going to hit a nerve. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. That's so fucking painful and awful. uh, Fortunately for us, knock on wood, I don't think either of us have had too many major medical issues. But I think the worst thing that I've experienced so far out of any of the medical professions is going to the fucking dentist. Yeah, oh, that's easily the worst. That's easily the worst. I mean, it is It is just downright. I mean, and I have a great dentist, but I didn't go to the dentist from 17 to 25. <laughs> when my, I, I'm not kidding you. When my wife met me, I'm pretty sure she fell head over heels on the first date, just fell in love with me, as any woman probably would have. Um, but her, her first thing to me, once we got to know each other a little better, was, I'm going to get your your teeth fixed. How did she bring and that up in conversation? I had a, uh, I had kind of a one sore spot. I, uh, I had chipped a tooth. I would taken a baseball out of the face. I don't know. Senior year of high school, I think. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you be honest and take out the base part of that? <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Um, so I had like a, I had a, a prosthetic tooth on the bottom half of one of my front two teeth. It's not a prosthetic and, tooth, by the way. It's a fake tooth. Prosthetic implies limbs. The glue had started to turn brown, so it looked like I had just a, 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 a you know a tab of shit in the middle of one of my my two big teeth. Uh, and, and she, she was like, no, we're going to get that taken care of pretty quick. And, uh, I, I'll tell you, uh, truthfully enough, last, uh, last July and I'm 31 years old last July. So for six years, I've been getting work done on my teeth and I finally got a clear bill of health from the dentist, uh, last July. We going to get some, we going to get a picture of these pearly whites. No, they're not, they're not pearly white. My number two is getting sucked into a tree shredder. That's actually a really good one. I I also fear the same thing, but I didn't put it on my top five. 
Yeah, there's something about just like you think about, man, what if I got sucked into that thing? Is that is that like I, I think along the same lines? I would be. I'm more worried about, and I have no reason to be, but it would be getting sucked into like an airplane uh, motor or jet. I'm not so much afraid of that. It's more of a tree shedder for me personally. But I could see like, like getting sucked into a jet engine, like Fargo style. Oh God, yeah. Any kind of like dust big industrial accident just sounds an awful, awful way to die. Uh, so ha- have you ever been walking down the street or, or, or doing anything and and somebody just looks suspicious? You can't quite figure out what it is, but they just look weird. And your first immediate thought is, if that person, like if I go walking by that person and they look like a fucking demon or ghost or possessed or anything like that, I'm just going to start swinging. <laughs> no, I've really never, I thought for a minute, I thought we were about to get really racial there for a second. <laughs> no, no, there's no racialness in this at all. I just, for you... some reason, a reoccurring nightmare of mine when I was a child was walking up to people and I would like, you know, as a child, and I would like touch their arms, and they would look down at me, and they would be like demons or ghosts. So occasionally, I'll be walking somewhere, I'll be doing something. I could even be walking in like a, a hallway of a hotel, and someone's walking at me, and like if they have their head down or like they're walking a little funky, like I'll just be, I'll be on fucking guard, just ready to throw down. Like, but so you're talking about like not like this person is just gonna hit you. Like you think that you're worried that they're actually going to be like a demon. Like a supernatural creature. Could be anything, yeah. Like suck my soul or any, anything, yeah. Like like think think uh, The Shining. Like when uh, the little boy turns down the hallway and it's the two twins at the end of the hallway. This is fat. Man, I thought my number one was going to be like you were going to make fun of me for my number one being odd. But yours <laughs> is pretty fucking up there, dude. Yeah, I know. I Listen, that's why it's irrational, right? You must have seen like a really scary movie as a little kid or something. I do. There's a whole backstory. I just don't want to waste your time on it. What was it? Was it King Kong? That shit's terrifying. Oh, it's the only scary movie that's ever given me nightmares, and it, uh, it's the Blair Witch Project. Well, how young were you when you watched the Blair Witch Project? I mean, I want to say 11, 12, 13. That's, a, like, that's a lapse of parenting is what that is. Well, but I... Like, I remember it to this day, and I remember the dream, and it was a reoccurring dream for a while, and it uh, just stuck with me. So so mine is – I don't know if it's necessarily like it's not death-related, but I have a massive phobia of small metal objects. Is that why you use plastic silverware all the time? <laughs> silverware doesn't cut it. Like coins or – jewelry or anything that's kind of small and might be dirty like it just it, if i touch like okay if if there's a bunch of like if somebody would hand me a bunch of change i it would it produces an immediate like a gag reflex where i start feeling like i'm gonna throw up okay i mean i, I understand because i i get that way with uh i get that way with silverware like when it clanks i can't stand that sound but i that's not a fear. It sounds like you're like a – like so if I bring a bunch of pennies and set them down on a table, what are you going to do? I would immediately almost start to puke. <laughs> I've never known this. Like even – it's it's – like, and it's to the point – it's almost to the point where like 
wow, that's not that's we shouldn't do that because it almost wouldn't be funny. Like it's it's to that kind of point where it wouldn't be a funny reaction. Be like, oh wow, we really he really took that pretty far. <laughs> like that's we shouldn't do that. It's that kind of a reaction towards it. Like I almost feel like I would if you were to like walk in and just dump a cup of pennies on the table that I'm next to right now, I would probably throw up. Like it's an immediate reaction like that. I feel like the people want to see this. I feel like we need to give the people what they want. Well, no. I mean if you did it, if I knew it was coming, I would just will myself to not acknowledge it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find somebody in your, in your profession that's going to do this and I want to have them recorded and it's going to be the best. Oh, I would, I mean, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't work in that sense. Like, cause I would just hold it down and suppress it. But internally you, I would be like losing my mind. Like it's why it's the reason I don't wear a, a wedding ring. Oh, I, I didn't know that you didn't wear one. No, I don't. I just have my wife's face tattooed and giantly across my back. Oh, I thought that was my face. It used to be, and then oh, you left. You did a real shit job of that tattoo. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> if, you, if someone got a tattoo of you, where would you want them to get it? Oh, on the fucking forehead. Could <laughs> you imagine? Could you actually just have, could that work if someone basically like sketched your face and just tattooed it on someone else's face? Would they look like you? Are you talking about like. Like me just taking my neighbor's face and tattooing it on somebody that I know. Would they then look like your neighbor? <laughs> well, no, I'm not. I mean, like, I'm not talking about like transforming their face. And I'm talking about like just literally on the forehead, my face on their forehead. Yeah, but now I'm kind of fixated on the idea. Like, if you just took, like, say your neighbor's face, used their skin tone and everything, and just tattooed it on your own face. Would you then look like them? I I think we're getting into a face-off scenario, and we should call Nicolas Cage on the show. No. First of all, he's a terrible actor. You're Sec- a terrible person. <laughs> Nicolas Cage is responsible for one of the – there's a scene that Nicolas Cage does in Gone in 60 Seconds that literally when I picture it in my mind, it makes me angry. Like it would trigger just a flight-or-fight response, and I would immediately attack Nicolas Cage if I saw him. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. I want to, you know what? Quicksand. Quicksand also needs to be on that list of irrational fears. That stuff is terrifying, man. Terrifying. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We also want to hear what some of your irrational fears are. We've started to really get a lot of viewer, or not viewers, listener comments coming in. So we want to start reading those on air. We're also going to be bringing back our mailbag mailbag segment in the next episode. So really looking forward to that. You guys have sent us in a lot of cool questions. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.